Thanks for tuning in to the teaching ministry of Mike Hilson, Senior Pastor of New Life Wesleyan Church of Plata, Maryland, a church that plants churches, and of Where You Are Church, an online church helping people reconnect with God through practical content and a growing community. We're glad you're taking the time to listen to this week's message. We hope that this teaching helps you love God and love people better every day. If you enjoy what you hear today, consider sharing it with someone else. Now enjoy today's teaching. Now, we're, we're, we're going to move to our second stop on our journey of how to fight. Now, last time we kind of talked about not fighting by our feelings. That's very important that you keep that in mind as we jump into today's lesson because today's lesson is going to be a little tougher. Um, let, me be very, let me be very transparent. Sometimes in our life, enough things happen or things get bad enough that what we're fighting for is we're literally just fighting to survive. We're literally just fighting to make it to the next day. And, and, and I, think, I think we need to take a minute, take the time to actually talk about how to fight through truly, deeply dark moments. In fact, I've titled this one, How to Fight When You're Surrounded by Death. And, and death does, it can be physical death of people around us, but it can be the death of a lot of other things. And I, I just think sometimes life gets very, very dark. And I, and I have to be honest, often what people will say is they'll say, well, when it gets dark, reach down inside of you and find the light inside of you. I, I, I have to be honest, I don't want to come against anybody. I really don't. But I don't find that effective at all. Uh, when when things are dark and 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 I don't really know what the next way forward, when I can't really figure out what to do next, I look inside me and I don't find anything. If there was an answer there, I'd already have it. If I had an answer inside of me, I would already be implementing the answer. The problem in these dark, dark, dark moments is you don't have the answer. The answer is not inside you. The light is not inside you, and you've got to find it from somewhere else. You've got to find it from God. And it's got to be from outside of you. And, and the truth is when those moments come, that's a different way of fighting. When I'm fighting like Samson against the Philistines, he did it wrong. He did it by feelings. But it's pretty obvious how to fight, where the enemy is. When you're battling like this, the enemy can be your own emotions, your own thoughts, your own, your own just the darkness you're living in can be the enemy that you're battling against. And you've got to figure out how to do that. In order to look into this, I, I, want you, I want you to go with me to a book in the Old Testament. It's the book of Job. It's actually one of the oldest, one of the most ancient stories in the entire Bible. Um, it, 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 the story itself may predate Mo, uh, Moses and, and his stories. And so, so this story, this account that we have is, well, it's, it's dark. And in many ways, it's disturbing. I want to show you this, Job chapter 1, and I want, I want to start with verse 6. And in Job chapter 1, verse 6, we are introduced to the person of Job. And, uh, and so then all of a sudden, our thoughts, our mind, the focus of the scene goes into heaven. And we get this picture from heaven. One day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. 
Now, imagine this moment. I mean, I, it's, it's stunning to think about that God's holding court and all the angels come before him. And remember, Satan is Lucifer, an angel of light who did war against God, and he becomes Satan after he does war against God, and he loses. But somehow he comes with the angels. And the Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? And Satan answered the Lord from roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. Understand this. Satan roams about on this earth, and he's here like a roaring lion, the Bible tells us, seeking whom he may devour. So he's around us, and he's constantly after us. Point it out this way. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There's no one on earth like him. He's blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Does Job fear God for nothing, Satan replied? Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? Have you, have you blessed the work of his hands so that his flocks and herds have spread throughout the land? But now stretch out your hand and strike everything he has, and he will certainly curse you to your face. The Lord said to Satan, very well then, everything he has is in your power. On the man himself do not lay a hand, do not lay a finger. Then Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. I want you to start. When we get in the darkest places, I want to start here. Trouble, darkness, the death that surrounds you is not always your fault. I think sometimes when things go poorly, when things go badly, we want to blame ourselves. And, and the guilt becomes the guilt becomes part of the darkness that surrounds us. The guilt becomes part of the darkness that we're lost in. And, and the, the heavy weight that we carry is part part of our guilt. But the truth is, it's not always our fault. Job did nothing wrong here. God's just allowing him to be tested. Something about sin in the world is going to come at Job in in some horrific ways, but these things are not his fault. We're going to see this in just a minute. I need you to process first and foremost in the darkest places in your life that these things are not always your fault. They may have occurred outside of what you, anything you did. And so they're not always your fault. Here's what you got to do. In this moment, when things that were not your fault happen, you need to work hard at trusting God for purpose in the pain. There is going to be an outcome. There is going to be an an example made. Uh, I remember remember when uh, Tina's mom became sick and ultimately she was going to die from, uh, from the breast cancer she had. And um, her dad and I were talking, and, and Jay looked at me, and he said, people have asked me, do you ever ask yourself, why you? And he said, he, he, said he and Debbie, Tina's mom, had talked, and, and their answer was, well, why not us? If it's going to be anybody, why not us? And he literally said, at least with us, we'll show people the right way to go through this. We're going to trust God all the way through, no matter what the outcome. And we have a hope of heaven that lets us know that it's going to be okay, no matter what the outcome. In dark, dark moments, you've got to trust God for purpose inside your pain. So then the story goes on, chapter 1, verse 13. One day when Job's sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at at the oldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys were grazing nearby when the Sabaeans attacked and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword. They killed them. And I am the only one who has escaped to tell you so he lost possessions. 
While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, The fire of God fell from the heavens and burned up all the sheep and servants, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you he lost more of his wealth. While he was still speaking, dude, talk about a bad day. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said that the Chaldeans formed three raiding parties and swept down on your camels and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword, and I'm the only one who's escaped to tell you. Now his wealth is almost completely gone. While he was still speaking, yet another messenger came and said, Your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house when suddenly a mighty wind swept in from the desert and struck the four corners of the house. It collapsed on them, and they're all dead. And I am the only one who's escaped to tell you. At this, Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head, which is a sign of mourning, of painful mourning. And then then he fell to the ground in worship and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I will return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. We've got to remember that trouble's not always your fault. You've got to trust God for purpose and pain. And trouble can come in bunches. Trouble can come in groups at you. Sometimes sometimes it seems like it comes like a flood. It all rushes in at one time, and it just overwhelms and overtakes you. That's got to be how Job feels in this moment. He just lost every, all of his wealth is gone because this is not one of those things where you have money in a bank. His wealth is in the cattle, in the camels, in the, in the, in the fields. His wealth is in the servants. His wealth is in all that. All that's gone now. And his wealth is in his children. And now they're all gone. Everything he had is gone. Trouble can come in waves. It can come in bunches. But you've got to trust God to give you strength. You've got to trust God to give you perspective. Because look, when all that trouble washes in on you, there's nothing you, do, you can do to make it go away. You've just got to trust God to give you perspective in the middle of it. He's the one that can give you strength. Job says, Job says naked I came from my, womb, my mother's womb, and naked will I depart this world. But God should still be praised. And he did not commit a sin by blaming God as as the devil said that he would. In chapter 2, by the time we get to chapter 2, God has released Satan and Satan has now put sores all over Job's body. Job is broke. He's childless. He's sitting on a pile of ashes, scraping sores on his arm with, with shards of pottery. That's literally the image. And his wife comes to him. His wife says to him, are you still maintaining your integrity? Curse God and die. He replied, you're talking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? In all this, Job did not sin in what he said. Do you hear what his wife said? Hey, why don't you just curse God and go ahead and die? Y'all, here, watch. Trouble is not always your fault. So look for purpose in the pain. Trouble can come in bunches it can come in waves but trust god to give you strength but understand this sometimes in the darkest moments even loving advice can be bad advice i don't think his wife failed to love him i think she was like she wanted to see him out of his pain i don't think she's trying to kill him i think she's trying to relieve him and in the end even loving advice can be bad advice you've got to take time to trust god to heal you. You've got to trust God to do this. You can't trust everybody else. The doctors know the doctors know an awful lot, but they're not God. 
Our spouses know an awful lot, but they're not God. People who love us, love us deeply, but they're not God. We've got to trust God to do this. I love this next picture. When Job's three friends, Elphaz, the Temanite, Bildad, the Shuhite, and Zophar, the Naamathite, heard about all the troubles that had come upon him, they set out from their homes and met together by agreement to go to sympathize with him and comfort him. When they saw him from a distance, they could hardly recognize him. They began to weep aloud. They tore their robes and sprinkled dust on their heads. Then they sat on the ground with him for seven days and seven nights. No one said a word to him because they saw how great his suffering was. So watch. Trouble's not always your fault. Trust God for purpose and pain. Trouble can come in bunches and waves. Trust God to give strength. Even loving advice can be bad advice, so trust God to heal. And then lean on those who will just be present with you. Trust God to send comfort. Sometimes you don't need people to give you advice. In fact, can I be honest? The darker the, darker the situation, the less you need somebody to give you another piece of advice. My goodness, everybody gives me advice. I don't need more advice. You know what I need? I need just to be here. A ministry of presence is the way I've always described this. Just being present in a difficult moment. That's what his friends did. They just sat here with him. Now, they don't give him great advice at other times, but they're there. They're willing to just sit. Find people who will just sit with you and help you find comfort and endurance through the darkness. Now, I want to mess up. I want to. I, I want to. I want to spoiler alert this right. In the end, God gives Job back more than he ever had to start with. I'm in chapter 42, verses 10 through 17. After Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes and gave him twice as much as he had before. All his brothers and sisters and everyone who had known him before came and ate with him in his house. They comforted him and consoled him over all the trouble the Lord had brought on him. And each one gave him a piece of silver to get him and a gold ring to get him going again. Uh, the Lord blessed the latter part of Job's life more than the former. After this, Job lived 140 years and saw his children and their children to the fourth generation. And so Job died an old man and full of years. Now, it ends well, right? In fact, I'm, I'm going to give you this, this last point. Wake up every day. Listen to me. Wake up. Listen to me. Wake up every day. See the sunrise every day and wake up. Try to convince yourself. Try to say to yourself in the darkest of times, wake up the next morning believing that this day will be the day of blessing. Just, 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 I know, I know it's hard. I know it's dark. You don't think that way. That's not the way your mind works. Do battle with your mind. Fight with your mind. Fight with your emotions and trust your God and say today, wake up. I'm going to wake up tomorrow and tomorrow's the day my blessing's going to start. You got to do that. But you say, Pastor Mike, Pastor Mike, is that going to be like instant? No, 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 no. I, the last verse I read to you, the friends that comforted him is in chapter two. And it's not even to the end of chapter two, it's in chapter two. The next verse where God blesses and brings all the blessings is chapter 42. I need you to catch this. There's generally about 40 chapters between I'm broken and it's dark and I'm, I'm, I'm back to full blessing. There's a long time. It takes a long time. These nights can last what seems forever, but they don't last forever. They do come to an end. This darkness will pass, but you got to trust God to see it happen. You got to trust God that tomorrow's going to be the day the blessing starts. 
And listen, if you can wake up every day, y'all, wake up every day. Do not go into an evening. Do not go into a night deciding that you're not going to wake up tomorrow. Don't do that. Decide that tomorrow I'm going to wake up and tomorrow's going to be the day that the blessing starts. And then you can trust God to restore everything you have lost. So many stories I could tell you that, that end up this way. Tragedy that ends up bringing about, that ends up in, in, in triumph, that ends up in beauty, that ends up in joy. I can show you story after story after story that works that way. Even in my life and in the Bible and in the church. But I got to tell you, you don't find the victories when you give up. The folks that gave up in the middle of the night, I did their funerals. I need you to understand, don't do that. I know it's dark. I know it's painful. I know you feel like you're surrounded by death. But even Job was actually surrounded by people who would sit with him and a God who never gave up on him. Let that be you. Can I pray for you? Holy Spirit, right now, I pray that you would just come around everyone that just heard this message. Lord, there's someone listening that's just going through the darkest night they could ever imagine. And they're just not sure they're going to make it. Lord, sometimes when we're surrounded by death, death almost seems like a friend. But it's not. Remind us, Lord, that it's not. You, you, you brought us life. And you want us to live in life. So, Lord, I pray that you would give us the strength to wake up tomorrow believing that tomorrow will be the beginning of blessing. And if it's not, then we wake up the next day believing that that day will be the beginning of blessing. And then, Lord, we will give you praise when the blessings return. Thank you for everything you're going to do. Thank you for seeing us through. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you again for joining us. We hope that this resource helped you in your journey towards loving God and loving people better every day. If you enjoyed this, please share it with your friends. Lastly, we just wanted to give a special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you that this is possible. If you'd like to learn more about how to partner with us financially, please click the give for more information. We appreciate anything you can do to help. Thanks for being a member of our online family. We love serving Jesus with you.